Welcome to another edition of The Brand Called You. Today I have an entrepreneur who's done it four times. Hitesh Dhingra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you. Hitesh is the founder of The Man Company. Uh, he's an MBA from UBS and he's done several entrepreneurial ventures. Yeah. So Hitesh, uh, tell me a little bit about your early career before we come to The Man Company. Sure. Uh, look, so I think uh, I post my MBA, I started my career with this company called ESIS Technologies. Um, so they were headquartered in Singapore and they recruit me, recruited me to assist their CEO in Singapore. And as a management trainee, uh, I think there were some 60, 70 people in the organization, in their headquarters. And I used to interact with almost each one of them every day. Right. So I, I used to be the first one to get into the office and the last one to kind of leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that provided me a very good insight into how the business is uh, being run, right? I mean, it should be run uh, and different functions from technology to HR to, I mean, finance and everything. Uh, when I moved back to India, I joined a startup, uh, which was Squaza Media uh, as an entrepreneur, which uh, where I was responsible to set up a new vertical called Tidal, which, which uh, was that time of India's first contextual advertising network. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was kind of my first exposure to entrepreneurship, but without any financial risk, right? So more as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And once I started building uh, that platform, I realized the challenges and, and, and the strategy that goes into building a business from scratch, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I think all these early years, I mean, four or five years of my professional life, I learned a lot mm -hmm. and uh, especially as an entrepreneur, right? And uh, all that knowledge kind of went into ignite the passion to start something on your own. Uh, and that led to my first venture, which was uh, Let's Buy. Okay. Okay. So let's, we'll come to Let's Buy, but let's talk a little bit about the man company. Um, you know, you've taken a very, very clear positioning. Yeah. Uh, which is half the population or slightly more than half the population. What led you to uh, this very, very sharp positioning? Yeah. Uh, so when we decided to get into skincare category, right, because uh, globally, if you look at the skincare category, it has been growing phenomenally well, uh, uh, be it in the Western countries or be it in uh, even Asia Pac, right. In India, uh, there have been few brands, uh, some international, some local big FMCG companies, but mainly targeting women, right. So no brand was really talking to men. Uh, so there was there was no brand loyalty as such, right? And when 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 we started talking to our friends and family, uh, we realized that I mean they are probably not using the fairness cream. Uh, they use deos, they use uh, shaving uh, products, but apart from that, I mean they have been using the same products that their wives or or any women of the house uh, gets as part of the grocery, right? right? And as a result, I mean it was not really an involved decision for men. And that's where we kind of sense the opportunity that people, I mean, men are getting aware. They, they've started buying their own clothes, at least. I mean, I, I remember 20 years back, I mean, my mom used to buy all the shirts and trousers and everything. Uh, but obviously, I think as, as you grow, as you mature, uh, that decision making is in your hand mm -hmm. in terms of uh, whatever you're wearing, whatever you've started. Men have started visiting salon a lot more often, Correct. right? Uh, so they want to look good, but there was no brand really talking or catering to these men, right? And that gave us good insight to set up something like the man company, which is completely focused on men offering head-to-toe premium products. In fact, I, you know, when I was reading about you, 
I was thinking the only other company that I've seen do this uh, is Gillette, which is the best a man can get. Yep. Isn't it? Yep. And I've not seen any other organization with such a clear positioning statement like yours. Yeah. No, thanks. Well, there, there have been few startups uh, recently. But yes, I think uh, we are positioned very, very differently yeah. than uh, uh, some of our peers. Correct. Yeah. So tell me, what is the meaning of a digitally native brand? Yeah. Something I picked up from. <laughs> yeah. Something about you. So, uh, so I think, uh, so considering both uh, mine as well as my co-founders, Bisham's background, uh, we've spent almost 15 years in e-commerce and, and digital industries. Uh, so we wanted to launch something which is e-commerce first. And we wanted to build the brand using social media platform because uh, we, we knew that we are going to cater to millennials. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only way to talk to millennials in the language that they understand well, right? And as a startup, you can't really afford to go on TV or, or spend on mass media because uh, today I think everyone is on social media. And uh, so, so yeah, so in terms of our overall strategy, be it the distribution strategy or marketing strategy, uh, digital was very, very prominent, right? So that was the entry strategy and that's why digitally native. But yes, over a period of last four, four and a half years, we have got into offline as well. Uh, so we do a lot of experiential marketing offline, but still the core remains uh, online okay. uh, digital media. Okay. And in terms of distribution, yes, uh, today I'm, I'm at 40% of our business uh, comes from offline, right? Okay. Be the modern trade or, or salons. That's very interesting. So, you know, you spoke a little bit uh, a few minutes ago about men wanting to buy their own uh, clothes and taking control of their lives. Um, but what is what is changing in the last few years that men are wanting to groom themselves uh, so much more carefully? Yeah. Look, so I think men were always grooming themselves, Correct. right? It's, it's just that they... It's more a haircut and... A exactly. It, it, yeah. Uh, so let's say if I look at my father, I mean, he's been shaving every single day of his life. Correct. I mean, even post his retirement, I'll, I'll probably tell him not to shave that often because kind of grow up the beard and you use our products. Uh, but he doesn't like it. I mean, he likes to shave every day. So it's not that men haven't been grooming. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that there were not many options, mm -hmm. right? And with the startup like us, uh, we've introduced, I mean, created awareness around different product categories. I mean, be it the skincare range, be it the hairstyling, be it uh, uh, the bath and body. I mean, why the men's skin is different from women and why, why you need specific products. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, uh, because we create a lot of content, a lot of awareness, and uh, there are so many other brands like us who have started investing a lot more on creating this awareness. Uh, men believe that, yes, now we have options. And uh, once they start buying for themselves, I mean, they also love to pamper themselves using different products, mm -hmm. right? And uh, as a result, I mean, you see men buying four or five products from the site every month. And uh, I mean, the repeat rate has been amazing. So uh, every month we get 40, 45% orders mm. from the same men who have been our customers for long. So, you know, uh, when I was looking for your site, you're focusing primarily on the head, right? What about uh, products for the rest of the human being, or rest of the rest of the mean? No, we, we, we have head to toe range. Uh, so starting from hair care and shampoo uh, oil for hair, mm -hmm. uh, we also have a huge range of face care, uh, mm -hmm. which include uh, your scrubs and washes and uh, 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 moisturizing creams, uh, anti-aging creams, mm -hmm. etc. Uh, and then we are into beard grooming, shaving, sure. perfume. So we have a 70 odd SQ, so very wide catalog wow. catering to head to toe deeds of wow. men. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 
And one last question about the man company before we move to the next segment. Uh, how are millennials changing the way you do business? And do you have a very large number of older people also coming? Yeah, I think that, that that's an interesting question. Uh, so when we started out, uh, there was a very good insight. Uh, and I mean, whenever you're building a business as a startup, you want to see what kind of virality it can get, right? So the biggest question for us was men don't really share what products they are using, right? What person care products they are using. Uh, women might be sharing the color of cosmetics okay. or I mean, the brand of cosmetics that they've been using, but men don't talk about it. So how to make men talk about your brand, right? Uh, so that kind of led to the packaging that we have, which we call more Instagram or mm -hmm. social media friendly packaging. Um, today, if you search for hashtag the man company on Instagram, you'll see more than 5,000 people posting a picture of themselves with a bottle of beard oil or a shampoo uh, and then just announcing to their, their their friends on social media that I'm a man company customer, wow. right? Uh, so there's a lot of a very strong word of mouth and that happened mainly because of two reasons. One, uh, we talk to our customers in the language that they understand. Okay. So we know that millennials are not really looking for a celeb just holding a product and talking about the benefits. Uh, I think they value brand's purpose and uh, overall authenticity right and uh, that's what we focus and believe on uh, right so we we kind of believe in, in the authenticity so whatever ingredients we have on the product everything is listed we don't use any harmful chemicals so very very honest promise right we don't over promise any claim uh, on the products or the website uh, similarly, uh, we have a bigger purpose for the brand. So it's it's not just about selling the products. We believe that uh, our mission is to groom men uh, in India, right? And by creating some really good quality content, uh, as well as offering them the products, right? Um, and I think millennials appreciate uh, both these things, mm -hmm. right? Authenticity as well as uh, the brand purpose. Wonderful. So good luck with the man company. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So let's move to your uh, avatar as a startup entrepreneur, you know, and you've done it four times. Uh, you, be, you started talking about Let's Buy, uh, tell me about Let's Buy and some of your other ventures. Yeah. So uh, my, my first experience was more as an entrepreneur, which yeah. was Tyru. Uh, so that was an advertising network. We raised money from Yahoo. It was, was doing pretty well uh, since it got acquired a couple of years back. Uh, after that, I got into e-commerce business, which was Let's Buy. So Let's Buy was uh, India's first e-commerce uh, website offering uh, three Cs, which is communication, computers, and uh, uh, consumer electronics. Uh, so it, it, it got amazing traction. So within two and a half years, we've kind of built a 100, 120 crore business, uh, 200, 300 people uh, on the board. Uh, Let's Buy got acquired by Flipkart in 2012, uh, mid of 2012. And uh, after that, uh, I started exploring my options. So took a year long sabbatical. Uh, then uh, I, I uh, met Sachin Bharia who had just exited Make My Trip as a co-founder. And uh, both of us started evaluating different business models. And uh, we realized that uh, uh, matchmaking, matchmaking and dating is, 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 is a category which is completely unexplored in mm -hmm. India, right? So this was uh, way back in 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we got our third co-founder Rahul and uh, created this uh, India's first dating app called okay. Truly Madly, okay. right? Um, so built that business for two, three years. I mean, Truly Madly still uh, remains one of the leading dating apps uh, uh, in India. 
uh, and then so I, I was there for four years. Uh, I'm still the stakeholder, but then operationally, I kind of exited uh, that business uh, in 2016. And uh, that's when I, I got into the man company and uh, kind of, I think I have been scaling that business for the last uh, wow. four years. Wow. So, you know, you worked with many people and looks like you've had a co-founder in all your ventures. Yeah. Um, and here I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who prefer to go solo. Yeah. What are your views on going solo versus getting a co-founder? Yeah. So, uh, uh, when I started Let's Buy, I, I, I was a solo founder, right? So, first uh, one and a half years, uh, I, I was solo founder with a team of some 14, 15 people. Um, and I realized that, uh, I mean, entrepreneurship is a very emotionally draining uh, uh, job, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you are giving 100% or probably more than 100%. And it's not just you, I mean, it's just your family as well, right? Because uh, uh, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. So things go up, things go down, right? Um, and you need to have a very strong set of support system. I mean, be it your family, friends. Uh, but then still, I think when it comes to business, um, you can only share to an extent with your family and friends, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a co-founder, it kind of makes the journey a lot more smoother, Correct. right? Uh, so that's when, when when I got Amanpreet on board as a co-founder in Let's Buy, uh, even though I think next one and a half, two years were kind of complete roller coaster, right? Where we grew 1100% in a year, 2011. And then in 2012, we had to sell off the company, right? Because mm -hmm. we couldn't... Uh, raise the next round. Uh, so it was a complete roller coaster ride, but we, I think, learned a lot mm -hmm. and we enjoyed a lot just because uh, two of us were together, right? And uh, I think uh, both both our wives, uh, I mean, they still joke a lot that for those two years, mm -hmm. I mean, we were married to each other right. because we spent so much time together yeah. than, than our uh, uh, wives. But uh, yeah, I think it, it is very important to have a co-founder, uh, okay. be it for the strategy, ideation, emotional, um, uh, I think journey that you go through mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, it always helped to have a very good uh, co-founder. So, uh, you know, Hitesh, based on your own experience, um, and I'm sure uh, you've seen hundreds of other entrepreneurs, what are some of the basic mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs make? Uh, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, sure. right? Um, so what I believe is that I think it's just fun to make mistakes. You should make mistakes, uh, but it's very important to learn from those mistakes, okay. right? Uh, so hiring, I mean, not, not just hiring, but uh, I think uh, getting a good partner mm -hmm. is very, very important for the business. Now, this partner could be the co-founder, could be the investors, uh, even, even your initial team, because I mean, they are founding members and... Uh, it, it kind of paves way to what you're about to build. Um, so making any mistake there uh, may prove costly, right? And I've, I've seen that uh, uh, in, in one of my ventures where we managed to, I mean, we, we got a wrong partner and then uh, obviously, I mean, we had to spend almost a year of very tough, uh, I think, uh, uh, ride uh, where things were not going uh, well for the company because uh, I think... Uh, I mean, both the co-founders were not really getting on really well, right? So, so it's very important to get a right partner. Uh, second, a uh, lot of first-time entrepreneurs build business to raise money from VCs, right? Uh, I I believe that's that's not really a right approach. I think you you should build business with a long-term view, long-term vision. 
uh, and you should raise VC money once you are very confident about the product market fit, very confident about scaling the business. And you should, I mean, raise VC money to scale it up, mm. right? And not just to survive. So VC money should not be like an oxygen to your business. Um, uh, but yeah, I think as a first time entrepreneur, you kind of, if market is hard, if there's a lot of tailwind, you kind of get overwhelmed with the VCs chasing you for the money as well. Correct. Right. So, uh, and then obviously getting the right team, mm. I think uh, that's also right. is very, very important. Absolutely yeah. right. And uh, at what stage? Should a startup start to scale up? Uh, well, I think as long as uh, you establish a good product market fit, uh, if you know that it's it's not just the initial, let's say, hundred or thousand users who are loving your product, that's important. But then you should have a confidence that uh, I mean, there is a market beyond those thousand customers, right? Uh, now, obviously, it depends on the product category and everything. So, for SaaS business, even those thousand customers could be very, very relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I think you should, once you know that uh, you have the traction uh, on the product and you need money to scale up the business, right? Uh, that's that's the time when you should reach out to VCs and uh, probably raise money. Definitely not before that. Correct. And, uh, you know, I find a lot of startup entrepreneurs who get very emotionally attached to their business. Yeah. Um, and when there's an opportunity to exit, they don't exit. Yeah. You seem to have made some interesting exits. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Should we just hang on because I believe I'm going to build it into a huge company or cash out? Uh, I think very tough decision. It's it's not because you, I mean, you're spending so much time, you've given it all, right? So it's very difficult to kind of uh, uh, get apart from, away from your business, the the business that you've built over a period of uh, time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even when we sold Let's Buy to Flipkart, it, it wasn't really a, really an easy decision mm-hmm. right I mean uh, we spent I think a couple of weeks uh, 24 by 7 just just thinking about whether we should go uh, for it or not right um, so it's, it's not an easy choice mm-hmm. but then uh, I think you have to be practical about it right because you have a lot more other stakeholders right. who have probably invested in you yeah. uh, uh, be it your investors be it your employees uh, who have ESOPs in the company and you need to think about uh, the overall uh, perspective, have an overall perspective and take a practical decision, right? So in, in our case, uh, I think the best decision that time was to kind of uh, sell off Let's Buy uh, and whatever money we got, we kind of uh, gave good returns to our investors. Uh, we are some of the initial employees, uh, 13, 14 people, they mm-hmm. made decent money. And uh, obviously, the promoters, I mean, both the co-founders, uh, we had a decent uh, first exit uh, of our career. Yeah. Wonderful. So a few questions now, Hitesh, for you personally. You know, over the years, uh, <clears throat> have you had any good mentors? Mm-hmm. And if yes, uh, what have been your learnings? Sure. Uh, I think it is very important to have a good mentor in your life uh, and better to have it uh, uh, early in your professional journey so that uh, uh, I think, I mean, you know the direction where you want to uh, go and then someone is kind of guiding you uh, because he understands uh, uh, your skill sets, etc. Uh, in my life, uh, I think I've been very, very fortunate to have a uh, couple of my bosses as my mentor mm-hmm. earlier on uh, because I think, I mean, they obviously knew my strength and my weaknesses as well. 
and they kind of help me in overcoming my weaknesses mm. right uh, so manish which has been uh, one of them so he he uh, was founder at quasa media and when i was setting up tyro it was under his mentorship so mm. i was very new to digital media Correct. and uh, so not just the skill sets but i think the overall and then he became my uh, first angel investor in let's buy uh, okay. as well as a co-founder then he was an investor in truly madly now he's part of man company as well wow. so 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 i think yeah. for last uh, 12 13 years mm. uh, i mean uh, so that journey continues mm. uh, even my uh, uh, other co-founder at truly madly sachin bhatia because sachin that time had he was co-founder of make my trip right and uh, uh, he had seen the journey from startup days to an ipo right yeah. um so i think the, the the things that i learned from him uh, over a period of 3 4 years i spent at truly madly was i think uh, uh, i mean immense learning right so be it in terms of marketing be it in terms of leadership uh and most importantly how to be patient as a leader right how to have that patience yeah. uh so yeah so i i am very fortunate to have some really good mentors uh, who have been successful entrepreneurs uh, in the past fantastic and uh If I was to ask you a question of what would be three words that defined Hitesh, what would they be? Uh, uh, so I think professionally, uh, I would say compassionate. Correct. Uh, uh, I think it's very important to 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 be a leader. Uh, uh, I mean, second, uh, intellectually honest. So I, I think I'm very well aware of my weaknesses, and uh, I don't kind of hide them. Uh, i'm continuously learning and uh, improving on them uh, and third uh, uh, my optimism so i think i'm an eternal optimistic so and and as an entrepreneur you probably have to correct uh, but yeah i i would say these three things fantastic so my next question to you is on failure you know uh, and i ask this all my guests because uh, you know in india particularly we don't teach people yeah. that it's okay to fail <clears throat> based on so much you have achieved what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures uh okay so first i think whenever you're doing a startup uh, you don't really fail mm-hmm. uh, you you only learn right uh, and as i mentioned earlier as well you you need to learn from your mistakes right um uh, Uh, that's what i've been doing i've i've made a lot of mistakes from choosing the wrong investor to choosing the wrong co-founder uh, to choosing the right a uh, wrong market right <laughs> uh, so i've i've seen all of that but uh, have kind of learned from there right uh, and uh, i think the, the learning continues so irrespective of whether you've done two or three or four startups mm-hmm. um Uh, I mean, things are not easy, right? Yeah. I think uh, even in my first startup, I've I've gone through some of the things that I probably went through in my first startup, right? So even though you learn, but still, I think there are few situations which are unavoidable. Uh, and whenever you're doing a startup, you need to be mentally, physically prepared for the roller coaster ride, right? And I think that's the fun part of doing a startup. I mean, you you learn, you make mistakes. Just take it as a playground. Uh, don't take anything too hard. uh but i think enjoy the journey that's 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 what my uh, mantra for life is wonderful uh do you have any regrets no i don't keep any regrets no. uh no uh like i mentioned i think uh, i i i'm very self aware 
uh, right? I know that I would have made a lot of mistakes in the past, uh, but I've only learned from them. Okay. Uh, and I definitely believe in destiny. So okay. I, I believe that whatever happens, happens for the good. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't keep any regrets. So Hidesh, my last question to you, and this is for the thousands of people who listen to you and be chatting. And there are so many people who are aspiring to be able to learn and become someone like you. What would your advice be to a young individual listening to us and wanting to become an entrepreneur? Well, uh, entrepreneurship, I mean, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be crazy, right? Because uh, uh, you have to do stuff which you may not do in your normal life, right? Uh, when I started my first venture, my uh, daughter was three months old, mm-hmm. right? Three months old. And uh, it wasn't really an easy decision. Uh, but then, I mean, if I look at it now, it it, it probably sounds very, I, I was being crazy. I may not do it again. But uh, at that point in time, I think the, the passion to create something uh, was immense, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of overcome uh, uh, everything else. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, you have to make a practical decision. So uh, just just understand. I think be aware of your strengths, weaknesses. Uh, it's always better to start in a domain area where uh, you have some experience. Uh, so that really helps in, in building things up. And uh, I I think market opportunity is another thing that you need to be well aware of. Uh, so always go for a market which is uh, big enough, right? Uh, or I think create something which is disrupting the existing market. Correct. Right. Uh, so I think these are some of the things that you you need to be aware of mm-hmm. when, whenever you are starting up. Wonderful. Hitesh, thank you very much. Thanks. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and I wish you lots of success. Yes. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply search for The Brand Called You. Thank you, and see you next week.